things that I believed when I was younger, when you know, when the, the fire and the zeal was there. And I don't ever want to change from those things. Um, so I go back and I look back some of my notes sometimes, and it kind of kind of just rekindles that same fire, just kind of stokes the fire a little bit. And um, so I love to go back and look at some old notes that I've written. This morning, I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. And I believe I've brought a, a lesson similar to this before. <clears throat> I'm not sure how far back it was, but it'll be, it'll be similar to that. But <clears throat> this week I was doing some thinking and having some conversations with different people. And this, this Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 has just kind of been, been rolling through my mind. And I want to talk this morning for just a little bit. I want us to look at presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. As soon as you're there, let's read that. And then we'll pray. And then we'll look at what I, I believe the Lord would have for us this morning from this passage. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd open my heart, open my mouth this morning, and Fill it with only what you'd have us to hear, only what you'd have me say. I pray that you open our hearts to hear what the truth is from your word this morning, that we can learn something that would make us, Lord, be more like Christ. I pray that you'll meet with us this morning in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, I'm, I'm fascinated with words. You know that. I love the words of the Bible. I believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and it's made up of the words of God. And when you change the words of God, you've changed the Word of God. So I, I like to look at what the words say because they mean something. And as I was looking at this word here and thinking about it, that you present your bodies. <clears throat> it seems like the theme for this chapter is having each person in the body of Christ personally submitting their body to God. That's kind of what this chapter is about. <clears throat> and as I got thinking, this, this word here, present, it, it's an action verb. It's, it's a word that you're, you're doing something. It's, it's a presentation. And let me just give you some of my thoughts on this, and we'll, and we'll look at a few points in a minute. Here's some thoughts. Present is an action verb that basically means to place at another's feet to relinquish ownership. Know that. To, to put something that, that I have or, or that, that, that is worthy to belong to someone else, to take that and, and put it at their feet, relinquishing ownership. Okay? It speaks of gifting something that belongs to me or to you to someone else with no strings attached. It can be a formal presentation, or it can be a quiet gift. But either way, it is gifting something that belongs to me to someone else for their complete control. That's, that's kind of what this word here means in this sense, to present. I, I'm giving it to you, and I'm, I'm taking my hands off. 
It's yours. Now you can do with it what you want. Um, you deserve it. You earned it. It's yours. Here's another way I thought of it. As a present or a gift, think about this. I am to present, to gift as a present. Now, one is to present in, a, in, a, in an orderly fashion, you know, whether it be a, a, presenting something to a king or something official. But in this way, I was thinking about it. Um, you might give a gift to someone as a present, as something that you give to them out of a heart of gratitude uh, or obligation at Christmas time or, or whatever. <laughs> but, but you're giving it as a present. So I am to present or gift my body to God. Um, it's special for me to gift it back to him. It shows God how much I love him and thank him for sacrificing his son for me. Just a different way of looking at the word. Then, here's another thing about the word present, is that it is always in the present tense. If I'm going to present something to someone, it is a thing that happened. But in this case, I believe it's more of a, a constant thing that we have to do. Always in the present tense. That means it's something that we're constantly supposed to be doing, constantly presenting our body to Christ. God does not want us to live some life, give some lifeless form to him. He wants us to give our life, our body to him as a living sacrifice. Not something dead, something living for him to use. That means something that we do, not something that we did once. This is not, when he's talking about here presenting your body, he's not talking about for salvation. I'm going to explain that in a minute. <clears throat> he's not talking about salvation here. He's talking about the active life after salvation. Number one, here's the problem. <clears throat> you see, the <clears throat> Bible tells us that we're supposed to present our body to God. Not, not for salvation, but... But after, I'm, you know, last week we talked about being um, a believer and then a disciple and then from there going on to becoming a Christian in other people's eyes. <clears throat> Here, not just being a believer and just, as we talked about, sitting and soaking up, but being active and serving and doing something for the Lord. But here's the problem. The problem that we, is that we struggle, the problem that we struggle with our whole life is this. When we got saved... Christ saved our soul, but he did not yet save our body. If you understand that, there's other things in life that are going to click and make sense. He hasn't saved my body yet. This body still wants to do what the flesh wants to do. Now, there's a desire inside me, in my spirit, that wants to do right. And the battle goes on in the mind of whether I'm going to serve God or serve myself serve the spirit or serve the flesh, there's that battle in my mind because my spirit is God's, but my body is still, it's not been saved yet. It's not been sanctified yet. So the problem is, in presenting our body, is that <clears throat> the body's not saved yet. The body itself, the flesh, doesn't have the desire to follow God. But the flesh does what the mind tells it to do. So, the battle goes on in our mind of whether we're going to present our body to God or whether we're going to present our body to do whatever it wants to do in the flesh. You see, the flesh was not saved when you got saved. 
You didn't give yourself to Christ to get saved. Now, I'm gonna, I hope I don't step on anybody to, anybody's toes here, but I think if you listen to me, you'll understand this. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 6 says that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what you understand is there's no glory in us, no righteousness in us that comes from ourselves. Nothing to brag to God about. We can't say, God, um, you saved me, but I had 10% I had part in it. Because there's about 10% of me that was, that was inherently good. If there was, then we would have something to boast about. And the Bible says that it's not that case. We have nothing to boast about to God. We have to come to him realizing that we're sinners. We deserve hell. There's no righteousness in us whatsoever. Now, you could not make him the Lord and master of everything in your life in order to get saved. I know there's, there's, there's something called lordship salvation where some people teach and preach that, that you've got to make him the Lord of your life in every area when you get saved. Well, that's a process that you go through after trusting him as your savior is then giving over and giving more of your life to him, presenting more of your body to him. But you can't put him as the Lord and master of everything and never sin again after you get saved. That, that, that just, that doesn't make sense. So here's what you did. You simply had to accept him as your savior. You had to realize that you could not save yourself and that your sin had separated you from God. You had to realize that the only outcome for a person who dies from their sin on their still on their account is to be separated from God forever in the lake of fire. Now, you may not have realized all those little steps, but those are things that, that, that the heart has to go through in order to accept Christ. You've got to realize that you're helpless on your own. You're on your way to hell. But you saw that Jesus Christ gave his life a sacrifice for you, a ransom for you. So you had to accept his payment for your sin and receive the gift of eternal life. That's what happens when he saves us. He doesn't save the body. Mark chapter 10 verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He, he was paying back a debt that I owe, that I couldn't take care of on my own at all. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let's go back to the problem. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse number 24. Paul was going through the struggle that every one of us goes through. And we, we look at Paul, we look at some of the men in the Bible, and we kind of sometimes put them on a pedestal that they were, you know, somewhat perfect people. They walked with God and they never could do anything wrong. But Paul kind of gives us, kind of opens his heart up a little bit and reveals what goes on in his heart. And when you look at this, you realize, hey, that's me. <laughs> that's common. That, that's to all of us. But he says here in Romans chapter 7, Verse number 24, O wretched man that I am. And what would, what would get him to the point where he was realizing, oh, I, I hate me. <laughs> I'm the problem. Here's what he says. Back up to verse number, 
Verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Now, he, he gives us the breakdown between the spiritual side and the flesh side. The spirit and the body here. And the war is in the mind. Verse number 15. For that which I do, I allow not. Now, notice, I'm going to kind of swap back and forth. That which I do, things that I would want to do, this part of me doesn't want to do that. For what I would do, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will, or the will to do right, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. There's a part of me that doesn't even know how to do right. I have to make it do right. There's a part of me, my flesh, that has no desire, has, has no interest in character and right and morals. It's called the human nature, the flesh. That part is the part that oftentimes we live by. And then we realize, oh, wait a second. I've been following the flesh for a while. Verse number 19. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. You see, he's talking about the two natures inside himself. You know, people talk about being bipolar or having two personalities. I think every Christian has, has split personality. <laughs> because you've got a part of you that wants to live for the old nature, the old man. And you have a part of you that wants to live right and wants to be holy and has a desire to please God in everything that you do. And so there is a split inside of you of which one you're going to do. There's like this split personality going on every minute of the day in a Christian's life. There's no pill that can fix that. But this lesson will show you what it takes to not be so divided with which one am I going to do today? Verse 20. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. What man is that? That's the spirit. I, I delight to... Man, I love, I love following God. I love that. It's the desire of my heart. But it's not always what I do. Because I desire to follow after God after the inward man. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law, verse 23. I see another law in my members. The other part of me that's inside me. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Now we get to verse number 24. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now, he asks a legitimate question here, and it's the struggle that I have. And if you're facing and you're honest with it, it's a struggle that you have. <sighs> Sometimes I just feel like I'm so wretched. <sighs> Man, the sin. I just want to just want to take it off and get rid of it forever. And it's not going to happen until our body is saved, until our body has been changed. But in the meantime, 
Verse number 25, he says, Now the question he asks is, O wretched man that I am, that's an exclamation point, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now that's not an exclamation point there. He's not making a statement. He's asking a question. Who, who's going to deliver me from living after this body? And who is one day going to deliver me from being bound to this fleshly mindset that I've got? I wish I could just take it and throw it away, but I can't. How am I going to get deliverance from that? He says, verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ. And he's not saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ. He's saying that I thank God that it's through Jesus Christ. He saved my soul. His spirit lives within me now. And he's working on helping me overcome that body. He's helping me overcome that flesh that I, that I so often live by and don't live for him. So who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? Thank God it's through Jesus Christ. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So if you understand that concept that in my spirit I want to serve God, in my flesh I want to serve the old nature, and I want to do things that, that I used to want to do, that I know aren't good to do. There's still those desires. I was talking to somebody last week. Said, I just hate having those desires to do wrong. There's nothing... I don't, I don't want to say this as an excuse. There's nothing wrong with the desire that comes to your mind to do something wrong. I don't like it, but it's a, part of, it's a part of life. It's a part of nature. Temptation is a part of life. It's what you do with that temptation. It's whether you live according to that temptation. It's whether you give in to that thought. Whether you give in to that deed. Whether you give in to that attitude. Whether you give in to those words that you used to say, but you ought not say now. It's whether you're going to give in to that habit that you used to you have that's a part of the old nature that you just know in your spirit you need to overcome that and who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. But how? But how? It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. You just wake up and you have victory today. No, it doesn't. There's things that you have to do in order to live a victorious life. There's things that you've got to, there's decisions you've got to make and there's things you have to put in place in your life in order to not live to the flesh. Because if you don't do it on purpose, the flesh will naturally rule. Even Paul struggled with the body and described that struggle with such passion. But, you see, we will struggle with the desires of the body, but in the next chapter, chapter 8... Mm -hmm. Paul writes in verse number 22. So look at Romans chapter 8, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Verse number 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Now, we talked about what the first fruits of the Spirit is, the, um, the um, earnest of the Spirit. That's the spirit of, him, of God that he puts in us as the, the earnest, the down payment of what's to come later. <clears throat> but we, even we ourselves, groan and travail with that whole concept. Even though we have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to it, 
What's that next phrase? The redemption of our body. See, the redemption of my body hasn't happened yet. I, I still live in a sinful flesh. You still live in a sinful That body has not been redeemed. It one day will, and I'm waiting for that day. Man, I can't wait. But while I'm here, there's some things I can do. So the body is not yet redeemed. It still sins and desires the things of the old nature. So what is the solution? Do you want to know? I want to know. <laughs> well, the Bible gives us the answer. The solution, the way for us to fight against the body is not to fight it. Well, you say, what do you mean? You got to give in to it? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is you can't war against the flesh and win. Now, the war is with the flesh, but you can't fight against the flesh constantly and, and just butt heads with your flesh all the time and win. How are you going to win? You can't fight it. You have to give it away. I know me, and in me that is in my flesh, well, it's no good thing. And if I try to fight against my flesh in the flesh, I'm going to lose. The flesh is going to win. So I can't spend my time fighting against the flesh. What I have to do is I have to give away this body to someone else and say, you control it. Because I'm having a hard time at it. I admit I can't control this body. I can't control it on my own. You cannot control your body by trying to control it in the flesh. You have to give it away. We have the Spirit of God in us. Now we have to give over the control of the body to Him. Jesus Himself said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This, this is not talking about salvation. You understand that? He says, if anyone's going to follow, if you're going to be a follower, this is what you're going to have to do. Not, not to become a follower, but if you become a follower, this is what you're going to want to do. If you're going to be a follower, deny himself. Oh, can I tell you that's one of the hardest things to do? Is deny myself. Because... I, like me, <laughs> I want to please me. Anybody else like that? Mm -hmm. I like to do things that me likes to do. I don't always like to do things that God wants me to do. Let's be honest. I, I, don't, I don't live for God because it's just the most wonderful thing. It's just a natural thing to just wake up every morning and, and serve God naturally. No, it takes work. <clears throat> then what does that denying yourself and taking up your cross daily mean well I believe it means the same thing as Paul continues on talking about and ends up a couple of chapters later in Romans 12 1 where he says to present your bodies a living sacrifice you know, there, there's times when a Christian can get so upset with his flesh. You're like, Lord, just, just 
kill me and take my take me on to heaven so I can be done with this body. I'm not advocating suicide. What I'm saying is, though, Paul got to the point, and other other believers got to the point where I'm so tired of this flesh, I'm so tired of the temptation, I'm so tired of this, I'm having a struggle fighting. But the answer is not to fight. The answer is to present your body to God. The answer is not, I've got to just keep fighting away at this problem. Well, that's not the way to fix it. We have to get past this, I am saved so I can live like I want to mentality that some people have. I'm saved. I can do what I want. Ask for forgiveness and I'll be fine. <laughs> Not so. Not so. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. If you want to write this down, I'm just going to read it. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not? Now, I don't think he's just saying in a little discussion here, what? Know ye not? I think he was raising his voice here. I think he was in reprimand. I think he was lifting his voice and um, giving a good scolding. Although this was a letter, you could kind of get a tone from what he'd been saying. And he's saying, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. It's easy to glorify God in the spirit and then live for the flesh. It's not so easy to glorify God in the flesh and in the spirit. I am to present my whole body to God, wait for the word, daily. I am to present myself to God, not just when I wake up in the morning, but all day long. The way to not live for the flesh is to live in a way where I'm constantly, oh God, I need you. I'm failing miserably. Please take this body. Oh, oh God, help me. You, you please take it. I can't. I can't fight this anymore. I'm giving it to you. You. You guide my thoughts. You guide my heart. You guide my words. You, you take control of me. Spirit, please. That's how you win against the flesh. Not by fighting it. But by giving up ownership of the body daily. See, he's not redeemed it yet. But we can give it to him. Okay? Think about that. It, it's not been redeemed. The body has not been redeemed yet. So the only way for God to really control what is not yet redeemed is for us to present the present to him in the present all the time. It is to, is to formally give it over to him, but from a heart of love that I want you to have it because I can't control it. And you can. And I need to do that all day long. I need to live that way. I am to present my whole body to God daily. My desires, my wants, my cravings, my appetites, my will, my head, my ears, my eyes, my mouth, my hands, my feet. In order to present your body to God, you cannot hold back anything. You can't say, God, I want you to control my tongue, but everything else is mine. I want you to control so I don't get out of hand and hurt somebody. 
but you can't control my tongue. I'll still say what I want to say. No, it's, it's a package deal. I can't, say, I can't say to you, I'm presenting my body to you. You can tell me, you can do whatever you, you can say for me to do whatever I want, and I'll do it. And then you tell me something, oh, wait, I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, you want me to, you mean it requires some work on my behalf? You mean you, you want me to walk to the store and back? Oh, it's, no, I, can't, I don't think I can do that. God, I, you want me to give a track to who? I, now, wait a second. I know I, know I want you to, pre, I, I presented my body to you and I want you to control me, but there's some things that, come on. It's either all or nothing. It's either it's presented to him or it's not. So, if it is presented to God every day, then it no longer belongs to me. I'm going to close with this. Jesus never gave us a command without giving us the example to follow. Think about that for a minute. Christ will never tell us something to do and then say, you're on your own, good luck. Romans 12.1 teaches, commands us that we're supposed to give or present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. But Jesus gave us the ultimate example of this in Luke chapter 22, verse 19. Luke chapter 2, verse... Anybody know what passage that is right offhand? Luke, Luke chapter 22, verse 19. It's the Lord's Supper. He was having the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper as we call it, with his disciples. In verse number 19 it says, And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying... This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, every time we take the Lord's Supper, we eat the, the bread and drink the juice, we're reminded that his body was broken for us and that his blood was shed for us. And it's a, it's a solemn reminder. But there was words he said in here that most people don't think about. It's the word do. On the front of the communion table in many churches all over the world, this do in remembrance of me. And they're talking about the institution of the Lord's Supper, and I believe that's what we're supposed to do. The two ordinances that were given to the church are baptism and the Lord's Supper. But he said something in there that I think sometimes we miss. As he was sitting down, I've described this before, as he was sitting with the disciples and he took the bread and he gave thanks, he broke it and gave it unto the disciples, and he looked them right in the eye and says, this is the example of what I'm doing for you. Now take this, and now you go do the same. This is the example of what I'm doing for you. You take this bread, and you can eat it, but what I want you to see is the symbolism here. I'm giving my body, and I'm breaking my body for you. And he says, this do. Yes, yes, the example was to eat, but he was saying so much more than that. You take <laughs> your body and then you give it as a sacrifice. I'm going to die for you. I want you to live for me. I'm giving my body broken and dying for you. This do in remembrance of me. What I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to present my body back to him as a living sacrifice. That's my due part. 
When he says this, do in remembrance of me, he's saying, remember me as you sacrifice yourself back. As you give yourself a living sacrifice. He doesn't want us to die for him on an altar and, and sacrifice and die physically. He wants us to put our, our desires to death. Let me close with this. It is sad to see so many churches where people who get saved and come to church, but for years they never get to the place where they're willing to give the rights to their body back to God. Oh, their spirit's saved, but they've not given the rights to their body back to God. They're living still in the flesh, living under the carnal nature, never getting the victory to live for God. Some of the struggles that many Christians have in their lives are because they have not learned to do this one thing, to present their body. They're still holding on to their bodies as if their bodies still belong to them. Technically, it does. But what a gift of love to show back to God. What a presentation that we take every day, daily, and say, God, my spirit is saved, and I want to follow you with this body. Oh, this body. Oh, okay. It grieves me what this body still wants to do. So I'm presenting my body to you, and you put it under your control. I'm relinquishing ownership today. You make of me what you want me to be. You do with me what you want me to do, and I'm giving up ownership. You can control it. Just make me like a puppet on a string. And, I, and you told me to go this way, and I'll go. You tell me to do this, and I'll do Whatever you say, I'll do that, because I'm, I'm giving over the rights of my body to you. That'll change the way we think. He said in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable. And then how did he close with that? Which is your reasonable service. <laughs> hey, that's not asking too much. We don't have time for an invitation this morning, but I feel like we didn't have one. <laughs> Lord's convicted my heart this morning. Woo. Wow. <clears throat> Present your bodies. Maybe one day we'll talk about Job and how Job came before the Lord and presented himself to the Lord. <sighs> Powerful. When you see what Job did and how he just said, God, I'm me. This is what I am. I'm a wicked sinner. I'm going to open up my chest cavity and I want you to do, I want you to do a, an open heart inspection and take out anything that shouldn't be there. Just cleanse it out. You, you have complete rights to it. There's a time when the sons of God came and presented themselves before the Lord. I think the day of that is, is long past for many people. Would you take some time this week to meditate and think on this? And take some time. I'm not trying to make of you something that I want you to be. I want you to have a closer walk with God. 
by presenting your body to him. And if you do that, and I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect, but you will begin to have victories over your body that you've never experienced before. By presenting, giving over rights and ownership as a gift and in the present tense to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I believe you've had us say what you wanted us to say this morning. Lord, it was convicting to me. Lord, I need, I need to meditate on this so much more. Great to take what we've learned this morning, let it sing in our hearts and become a part of us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what it means to me. Just want to live my life to glorify you. I want to encourage others to do the same. Help us to be more like Christ than we were yesterday. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Any prayer requests before we go?